Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Benchtown TV. This is Jim, and I'm here with Luke and Dave, and we are finally here. The last Kingdom Rookies, we've made it to season four, and we're all caught up and ready for season five, the final season. Previously, we covered the pilot, seasons one, two, and three, and also interviewed Alexander Viom, who played Kiartan the Cruel in seasons one and two. You can find all the prior episodes on whatever podcast app you're listening to us on now, or you can check out BingetownTV.com. Today, we are covering Season 5, Episodes 1 and 2. If you want to follow along with the rest of our season recap coverage, please hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any of these episodes coming up. But before we get into Season 5, I want to play a little game with the two of you guys, all right? And this game is called... What the hell has Uhtred ever done in his life to breed it to deserve her bullshit? Okay. I have no fucking idea, but that is one of my biggest criticisms of this show. It just feels like a complete waste of uh, motivation because like this is just going to when I look back at this show, this to me sticks out as the biggest smear and biggest misstep of the writers. Like she doesn't deserve to hate him this much and want to like burn the whole world down because he let her live because before that situation in season four well they were let's good, do it right like they were yeah let's do good. it all right I so they are both come to mind. yeah yeah they're both two slaves mm-hmm. they are taken from ragnar the fearless and grow up together as two slaves who are friends they eventually become lovers okay during all of season one when everything is going down Uhtred has her back the entire time. Alfred wants him to marry somebody else so that his oath becomes stronger. His tie to Wessex becomes stronger. He says, nope, I don't need to marry anybody. I have I have Brita. Then once they kind of break apart, it's pretty much an okay split. She goes with Ragnar. And then by the end of the season, they're imprisoned after the battle. Whatever. That has nothing to do with Uhtred. Okay. Season two, they're imprisoned. They save Uhtred from slavery. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then Uhtred keeps his promise, the promises he's that he's always had with Ragnar and helps him go find Kiartan and Sven and take care of them. Okay. Um, yep. Then another, some other stuff happens in season two. Let's move on to season three. She helps him take care, take care of Skade. They both take care of the story situation. She explains to him why she was cursed. They have a little bonding moment there. He returns to the Danes and she loves him again as a friend more than she could love anybody else because she's so happy that he finally returned home. Then he leaves the Danes. OK, that's strike one, I guess. All mm-hmm. right. Ragnar dies. And to her, that's probably strike two. But they have a talk. He explains that he went. He stayed with Wessex and let Ragnar do his own thing because Alfred made him because otherwise because they killed the the abbot, right? Yeah, yeah, and right there, at worst, clean slate. I yeah, I'll give it to her that she was allowed to be mad at him for all the Ragnar stuff. But once it's once they have that really good episode towards the back of the season, when I was pissed at myself because I was starting to like Brita again, yeah, I was like, fine, fine, fine. And now, yep. how the fuck do we get here off of one more mistake of letting and, her live? <laughs> yeah, exactly, and and. We talked about it, that episode where they bond and they say we're each other's halves. We're, we're the other half each other. You're half my life. Mm-hmm. I love you. But as a sister, 
We were good. We were good with Rita. Okay. So season four happens. She's still pissed. Same old thing. She's pissed that he left, but it is what it is. It's what they always said. When we're across the battlefield from each other, it is what it is. We'll we'll fight if we have to. Mm-hmm. Just like Ragnar even said, I'll kill you if I have to. He saves her life at the end of the battle that, that she lost. First of all, he tells her and gets the truth out of Knut. So she finds out the truth that Ethelwald wasn't the only one who took care of Ragnar. She gets to kill Knut, make sure he doesn't go to Valhalla, gets her vengeance. And then they have this situation where the Welsh are there and they're going to take her. And she says, kill me. And he cares about her so much that he can't. Mm -hmm. Now, that equals castration of young Uhtred and now going as far as she can go, I guess, for Steor to do whatever she's going to do. This is ridiculous. It's it's It's, unbelievable how the season starts. The The way you said at the end of season four, it should at the bare minimum have been a clean slate of appreciation for each other at the bare minimum, even with her still probably should be on the side of liking Uhtred. And that's just not the case at all. She just hates him and everything she stands for or everything he stands for. And it's, it's unwarranted, man. I don't like, we don't have to say it that much, but it's just so annoying. And it's just upsetting that she has become the season five, like main antagonist right now. And the show is still going to be very entertaining, but I'm just not a fan of her being this, this character in season five. Agreed. I think like even this plot line, I would be totally okay with. It's just, I have to write off the motivation because it's terrible. The motivation isn't there. And to make it even worse, when the, we get into that situation where Canute is dying, like he's he's dying right on the ground and the Welsh are coming to take her as a slave. Right in that moment, she did not hate Uhtred. She wasn't like, I'm going to fucking kill you, blah, blah. So that automatically, it's not up for debate. She didn't hate him at that at that time. Yeah, and I then mean, she, she is like, please slave. do it. Yeah, I mean, she is like, please do it. And then she's like giving him like the face, like, I'll never forgive you. But it's not like wrath. Right. But we can pinpoint it to that exact decision is the only reason she hates him with this burning passion. It's not wrath until she experiences the slave life. And then even then, her wrath should have been mostly directed towards the Welsh. Like, it shouldn't have been Uhtred. Like, that's just what I think is that she the moment she killed the person that was holding her captive. Like, great. Just go sit on the kill. Yeah, sweet mm-hmm. kill. Just go to a beach now and just hang out and birth your <laughs> child. You know, just don't fuck with our boy. <laughs> and the other wild. thing, the other thing is also, you know, we get the end of season four. And that's what you were saying, Dave, where they should let bygones be bygones. Because, again, he lets her live. She stabs him. Mm-hmm. Stabbed her right in the stomach. We mm-hmm. already talked about how a scratch could kill you back in the day. He gets stabbed right in the stomach. Our boy, Utrid's not going to go down. But, I mean, he could have killed her there. She said, kill me. She drew blood that should fair and square even done. And the the last thing that I'll say on this specific topic, obviously, we're going to talk a lot about Brita, but unless you guys can um, confirm that I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure she's also a Saxon, right? She is. Isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So her whole thing is like you're you you have to be pure Dane and, and, you know, all this bullshit. And I get it. Like you could be like welcomed into the Dane family, but she's not Dane. Right. She's not a Dane. Yeah, that's yeah. what's even more upsetting is that she can't be the Uhtred character where can she, I guess it was hard for him to get that down to of being both Saxon and Dane. But the fact that she only identifies with her Dane roots, which aren't even her roots, is it just makes it even more of a stretch for her character, which is unfortunate. But hopefully she doesn't last too long. In yeah. My opinion. And I mean, 
if we're ready to get into it, we can just leverage this right into the opening scene, which takes place yeah, in Iceland. Um, and it, apparently, I, I don't know if we have an exact number of how many years it's been, but I was guessing eight-ish. I think that was a good guess. Her daughter looks eight-ish. Eight-ish. Seven. Seven, yeah. eight. Yeah. So within that time period, Frida reamassed her whole army, and she has this loyal, savage group of Dane followers now. And they're in Iceland. Shout out to Iceland. That's where we fucking formed this podcast. Hell yeah. And the uh, uh, prophetic child was born. And yeah, she she now is the mother of a seer who I'm sure that's like that's going to be a huge thing. I think her name it's like uh, they said it once. I missed her. Vibeck or something like that. I think they say in the the second episode. But either way, she's just going to go on this whole rampage. And it's all stemming from what she told Uhtred at the end of last season. She's like, if you don't kill me now, I'm going to raise this child to be pure hatred. I'm going to be your downfall. I'm going to make everything about my life revenge. And that was just like a hot fucking start coming off eight years. But what that also implies is that this was eight years of relative peace in all of England, which Mm -hmm. is kind of awesome because that goes to show that how much I love the whole brokering of Uhtred between King Edward and Sigtrigger. Like that worked really freaking well because even whatever chaos happens now, they got eight good years, man. They prospered. They all held their treaties together. Like the Saxons started trusting the Danes more because Sig Trigger was holding the peace and building up that goodwill. So all mm-hmm. that's awesome. And I really couldn't have asked for anything better over an eight year time skip. Yeah, they're calling Ed like they're actually calling Edward a good king now, whereas in season four, the only like he never received a single compliment. He was only being looked down as an awful king, whereas now he's mm-hmm. being praised for his decisions back then. And it's great to see that he can trust Sig Trigger to such an amazing, uh, to such a big extent because we're such fans of him as like viewers, at least we are. Mm-hmm. So I love that relationship too. And especially now with him teaming up with Uhtred, I'm hyped. Yeah. We'll Sig Trigger's hair before no. they cut it looks way better this season. Oh, yeah. It looks real. Yeah. yeah. And so does Sig Tricks. His looks better to me, in my yeah. opinion. Because it's yeah. even. It's even. Yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, right, even so, even uh, Finnan has a nice haircut. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. more like the traditional haircut. So what we're going to do here, I know I'm taking this brief pause, is we're going to kind of do this in buckets based on the, the physical location of characters, because this episode is pretty sporadic. It's jumping back and forth. So after that cold opening of Brita with her army in Iceland and doing the sacrifice, we're going to start. I think it's best to start with all of the um I guess what's it? What's the name of the city again? It's it's Rum Kaffa, right? Yeah. And this is, from what I gathered, is the southern border border of the Kingdom of Mercia. So it's mm-hmm. still technically under Ethelfled. And Uhtred's whole role here is to keep the peace, make sure the roads are safe. And I think he's doing a really good job. He gets praised later on, either this episode or the next episode. But that's kind of his whole thing. This he he's got his squad there, Sick Trick, Finnin. All the boys, they're all having kids and they're they're having families and all this shit. So it seems like a pretty peaceful spot. And drinking some ale. Drinking some ale, of course. We got <laughs> we got baby monk there. And then the biggest thing is and the, for the time skip purposes, is Ethel Stan mm-hmm. now looks to be again. I'm terrible at guessing kids' ages. I don't know what he was last season. I'm guessing he's like 18-ish. Maybe a yeah, I mean, older. say he was similar to what breed his daughter is now at eight years he's 16 17 ish okay that's what i was getting the vibe of yeah because he can fight and we see that pretty early like he can kill like grown men and you know Mm -hmm. 
was trained by the best group of people you could have been wanted to be trained by. Yeah. And let's also bring up the fact really quick. Brita was saying the entire last season that this baby is a boy. And it is funny that it ends up being a girl and it actually oh. works for Brita because she, you know, is a powerful, strong, independent woman. And that's just how she's going to raise this seer. So if was- this seer doesn't go away, we might have another time jump with another bad, bad villain coming. But mm-hmm. yeah, she kept saying in all of her speeches, like, he will only love me like he will. You know, why? What was the uh, change for that? Well, it's I mean, I'm assuming it's it's kind of like Dothraki. Like you assume you're going to have a king, like yeah. your, your oh, child's okay. going to be a male, you know. OK, that makes sense. So let's also quickly jump while we're talking about relationships and rum whatever it's called. Uh, Finnan has a fucking girl that's not Edith. And I was so surprised fucking by that. Depressing. And what he already has, like he has like five kids or like three kids or something like that. It Did looked he to me like years. He's got to get it. Got to get his. I thought Sick Trick had all the kids. And man, I know Finnan might have had one or two there. I, okay. I thought yeah, it was no, literally Citric all Citrix. Yeah, that's yeah. That's okay. I don't think Finnan had any, to be honest. OK, that's I good. that was the joke. That's good. Mm-hmm. But I just was so shocked that it wasn't Edith, to be honest. Like, it, I'm happy for the man, obviously. Like, go f- good for my boy to get some uh, get some action and be able to live a good life. But should have been Edith, man. Before we get to the the portion of of I always forget the name of Rumkafa when Ethel Fled shows up with her whole posse, we do mm-hmm. have Edith actually beating her there because we were just talking about her. I freaking Your love girl, her. Your girl, Luke. She's I, back. Has an age a day. Looks beautiful as ever. If anything, her hair looks even better. A little bit blonder. Um, yeah. But she is apparently like now a renowned healer, right? Like I know mm-hmm. she was healing um, Ethel Fled's daughter in last season, but that's like kind of her role. And it's awesome how she is one of the squad members. Like they all treat oh, yeah. her like they would have done with Hild if Hild just showed up. So where's my girl Hild? I seriously, I have no idea where she's at. She's being I, replaced. I yeah. thought it was going to be Hild. That was the one that was all bloodied up as the as the Brita instead of oh, in the robe. Yeah. 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 I thought that was going to be Hild. Ugh. Well, um, Edith shows up. Oh, there's a little squeak for you. Mm, all right, I'll correct. fix that. <laughs> Keep that. Edith shows up. She's your girl, Luke. Mm-hmm. But she starts doing a little sketchy stuff. She's kind of like sneaking around and. She's putting her hood up and then she sneaks into the room with for a hilarious scene where Uhtred's butt ass naked waiting for the tall girl or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, right away, like I was like, I was worrying. I was like, oh, is she going to be sketchy? But then she she they see each other. They're hugging. He, they're laughing that he's butt ass naked. And then she's good for the rest of the two episodes. So I'm happy Did she only hide because she isn't allowed to be in Mercia, essentially. Is that why she had to like go into disguise? Like if she had been found, like Ethel Fled might have had to make a scene. Because remember how at the end of last, yeah, yeah, I don't what know. she was saying last season is that yeah. you can't come to Mercia because your brother killed my husband. So it would just and you're the mitri- mistress. Yeah. So I just wonder. I was I noticed that scene too, and I thought she was going to be sketchy as well. So I think now that I'm thinking about, it, I'm just hoping that it was because she wasn't allowed in Mercia. Didn't have no, a doubt in my mind. Yeah, <laughs> she was great, but she, she goes to Frankia. Just like her brother was going to, because that's where they're from, and that's where she learns all of her skills. And again, like you said, apparently she's renowned as mm-hmm. a healer, and yeah. that's why Ethelfled meets with her. But we'll get there. Are we 
me and Dave were talking about this right before the podcast. Are we against the idea of Edith and Uhtred? Because that felt, to me felt like she was checking him out yeah. and she didn't want to look away. That was my as sad as it is to say Ethelfled will be out of the picture pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, I, and I, that's I don't a shame. Think no foul. But if there's anybody left that's a main character to, to have a relationship with, it would be Edith. Mm-hmm. There's three options. It's Edith. Hild and then the tall woman they kept they kept referring to. <laughs> but tall I think Hild still falls in that category to me. Nah. That's I just want her to bad. show up, man. I no, Hild wouldn't work actually because he already did the whole Christian wife thing and it didn't work out. So I take yeah. that back. And so I guess the next big thing that happens for this plot line is the arrival of the Queen of Mercia, aka Ethelflet, mm-hmm. aka the second best female character in the show now. After mm-hmm. Edith, of course. <laughs> She is arriving at Rumkafa after actually making a treaty with the Scots, which I thought was good world building that they kind of just subtly threw that line in there because that mm-hmm. answers a lot of the questions I've been having of where the freak, like where the Scots, they were attacking Bevenberg last season. They should be a problem. Like if they're not like the Welsh where they have an alliance, they should be a problem. But that little right. line, and I think it came from Al- Aldhelm. Aldhelm. It was just good. I, I like when they do little things like that, where they're really paying attention to the other factions that should be involved. That provides opportunity for the Scots and Uhtred to team up and just wreck wreck Bebenberg because the Scots have always, apparently have just always done it anyway. So why not just team up and add Uhtred yeah. to the squad? He better just team up with Edward. Edward better get his shit together mm-hmm. and they need to take care of it. But right away, as soon as we see Ethel, Ethel fled, She's getting off her horse. She's looking uh, a little worse for wear. They're asking if she's okay. And she's like, oh, it's just a long ride. That's what we're hoping. And I will say, I'm not going to lie. They made her purposely. I wanted to say at first aged up like the Mm -hmm. makeup and even her hair was a little bit grayer. But I guess the purpose is more to make her look sick like they did with Alfred in season three. Right. And even mm-hmm. Ethel, uh, even Els with Ailes now Ailes. how she is and stuff. But yeah, like Ethel fled look like compared to Uhtred. Uhtred looks like he did from season one and she looks way older to me. Uhtred looks great for 65. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> even now, like Finnan and Citric fall into that category. Literally old. Ethel fled was a kid when he was still doing big things for Alfred. And now Ethel fled's kid is about to be queen. So let's. Let's talk about that. And she's probably, that you know, 17 ish. The one negative of Last 80. Kingdom is just, yeah, the, the aging process of some of these characters. Yeah, I guess that's why they're like, all right, we well, can't go fi- past like five seasons. These guys going to be 200 years old. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fine. It's the least worrisome issue to have. Yeah, I don't care. But until we get to episode two, where I think a lot of the rum coffee conversations get a little bit more interesting, I think the the. Last thing to last big point that really happens is the arrival of Utra Jr. No penis. The clown has no <laughs> penis. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, let me ask no. you guys a question. This, this, we didn't talk about the Ethel Stan stuff. Luke already brought it up. One of the biggest introductions when we enter season five and when we enter this new city that Utra is defending. And while he's defending Mercia, we have Ethel Stan. And he, again, we already talked about, he's probably 16, 17 ish. He's a strapping young man. And from all, from all we could tell, he seems very capable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the blood month. It's blood blood month. month. He's getting ready to take some boar out. 
He looks like he's ready to do it. It seems like all around everyone thinks he's ready except Uhtred. And even Finnan says, like, you know, he's ready. You're not. It's like having another son that mm-hmm. you just, you know, raised from when he was eight years old. And this scene is one of the first big, big things we get. They're going on their hunt and they're all drinking. They're having fun. They got torches. They don't have a care in the world. They're they're having it's blood month. They're partying. Well, all of a sudden, Ethelstan is by himself and we have a guy that he sees and he says, who are you? Like, what are you doing here? Because he can tell right away he's not from the town. And then three on one and our boy takes him out for the most part. He takes, takes out the yeah, he takes two yells for Uhtred. They all start hearing it. They're running towards them. The the main guy who we see a couple more times in the next two episodes disappears. And we see that Ethelstan is actually capable. He kept himself alive. But now Uhtred is, is feeling sketchy. He's feeling a little anxious. He, he knows something's going on. Mm-hmm. Ethelstan's already in the like category for me, bordering that love category. We see him kick ass. And like I mentioned in the last podcast episode we released, I think his book knowledge is going to carry him a great ways as well. So I'm hoping that he's also very smart in battle IQ also at the ready. So I think that's something to look forward to. He works as such. He he looks even better when he gets highlighted against his half brother. Yeah. I forget his name. Um, Ethel Flynn. Or is I that- don't even know because he doesn't deserve a name because he's nothing. It's such a good comparison because one gets raised by Uhtred and, and way more Dane like where the other one gets raised in Wessex under King Edward in the, but in by the, the castle, queen, pretty much by the queen and Ethel Helm. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's just, I don't think we see it until next episode, but he's just so incapable. Can't even shoot an arrow. Just yep. seems like a little puppet walking little around. Little mommy's boy. Pretty and much. Edward isn't even like that proud of him. Won't like announce him as the next heir and stuff. So it's, it makes Ethel Stan look even better because he is the one who had, the really brave traits from last season. And he got molded by the better um, leader in, in Uhtred and he's with the better people in Uhtred's company. It just is going to be awesome when, when there's a chance like they might be clashing over the throne. Cause I, that's what I was taking from all of Ethel Helm's bullshit and the queen's scheming. Cause they're the ones who sent the murdering uh, Danes or was it a Saxon or Dane that tried to murder? Yeah. Okay. So they, they're the ones who planned that whole thing. Yep. And we're going to go down in history here. We always talk about things Alfred did right. And, you know, he's done a few things wrong and against our boy Uhtred, but he's done a lot of things right. And he's a thinking man. Well, Edwards was a thinking man when he gave Ethel Stand to Uhtred. Yeah. And the way that he talked to Uhtred, but basically saying, like, I feel like this kid has, you know, with your guidance is going to be the key. I think he thinks that he wants Ethel stand to be the next to be the heir, not his other son. Mm-hmm. You know, even though he won't admit it openly, I'm pretty sure that that is already been decided eight years ago almost. So he's just like a stand in kind of just to appease the queen and appease Ethel Helm, who keeps being sketchier and sketchier. Eight years and he's still around, man. But it I is know. cool. It is cool that King Edward is like owning him left and right. Yeah. Edward's the maturity been from Edward. Absolutely. And the maturity, you know, whether that's a real beard or not, <laughs> I'll take it. His hair, his facial hair, it's all crazy, man. He just yeah. let it all go. I will say I'm, one thing I'm worried about Ethelstan is I feel like with this show, a lot of the time age does matter with experience and making right decisions. So I'm waiting for that moment this season where I'm like, oh, Ethelstan, you done fucked up big time. I think that's going to happen. But he'll yeah. 
be able to grow stronger. And like you were saying, Jimmy, because he has Alfred's blood, but also at the same time being raised by a good man in Uhtred, it, I think you're right in the sense that Uhtred feels that and is he might be the next leader, mm-hmm. great leader of the Saxon and Dane. Yeah, and last episode we were talking about seven kings must die. It just popped in my head that we might have two more kings, quote unquote, if they're fighting each other, the two brothers. Yeah, you know, potential true. kings because we, we're mean, trying we to got, think of two more. Yeah, we had five. We named five out of seven. So. But we also included Edward in that. And if Edward is included, that means that those two wouldn't be fighting because Edward has to die. Mm. But whatever, it's something to think about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I will say, though, and I'm willing to put this on the board after just in just into this first recording, if there's anyone I'm so confident is going to live through this season into the movie besides Uhtred, because obviously and Edith and (laughs) so Uhtred, Edith and Ethelstan, I think, are the only three I would be willing to drop some money on betting that they're going to they're going to live through this season. Because I think Ethelstan has I would agree a chance. With the two of those three, not Edith. I think. Well, okay, yeah. I'm not <laughs> yeah, even really obviously Edith. you're kidding. Yeah, but. I I think there's a realistic chance because of Ethelstan's upbringing, he mm-hmm. is also what Uhtred is, kind of right, where he's the best of both worlds, and yeah. he could be the king at the end of the movie. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's him. Only if Uhtred like makes the ultimate sacrifice in some way. It doesn't survive the movie. I could see it being Ethelstan or Uhtred and both would accomplish my same vision of how this whole series was going to end with someone that can really appreciate both cultures, has lived through them both is and basically ingrained in all of that. So to me, I, I'm pretty positive that Ethelstan is going to be too important to take out in this season. Uh, do you guys agree? Yeah, I agree 100%. And to be honest, I would put money on Ethel Stan being the king before Uhtred's ever the king or t- or uniting everybody. I know that he's the one, quote unquote, destined to do it just because he's half and half and he has influence on both sides. But we know he doesn't want it. And I feel like it would be more of a it would be more likely by the end of the, mo- the movie that he's like the advisor to Ethel Stan being the king, which would still accomp, which would still meet those like foreshadowing events of him being the king like even though he might not actually be the king the fact that he's raising one to take his mm-hmm. spot i think still satisfies mm-hmm. those requirements yeah. right we good there yeah let's, yeah then put we a pin in them. The, um i don't know if there's anything else we want to touch on i know we cut away from it pretty quickly because uh, it's mostly in the next episode about the repercussions of Utra jr getting his cut off you know uh <laughs> so we can put a pin in that because all that does is raises the tension for the flash of it going back to brita and her like you know causing all this havoc specifically aimed at Uhtred. So we'll pick back up with that in a little bit. But I think the main storyline now we have to go through is everything that happens in York. And I really like that the writing of, you know, how every time you change settings, it tells you it gives you the old language into what they call it now. And then, you know, sometimes it gives you more. And here it actually said Daneland or under Daneland laws. One of those things, which I kind of like because it's been a while since we've heard that stuff. Like, oh, yeah. It was all the way back to when um, it was the Eric, the brothers season, like when when they were crossing over to Daneland. So that is truly Daneland. It's independent, but at the same time, completely allied with King Edward. And Mm -hmm. like I've been saying, eight years of peace. Sig Trigger has been the freaking man. And he's married to Uhtred's daughter now, Siora. And uh, Sig Sig Trigger are the leaders of this whole um, of York. And Dave did not think that was going to be a thing. He's got a weakness. You thought it was going to be they were going to be friends or some shit. (laughs) Well, Dave, you're completely right, because this whole thing, the way that Brita can control him is Stiora. 
So that is his weakness. And that's why he's going to have the incentive, go get Uhtred and bring him to me or go kill him. I don't think she wants Sig Trigger to kill him. She wants to kill him. But go do what I say or Steor dies. Like you said, old Sig Trigger would have been like, I don't have anybody attached to me. I don't care. Kill whoever you want. So you're right, Dave. She got aged up, too. It looks like actor wise. Mm hmm. Yeah, she, I feel like she's more. She does look more. I don't know, eighteen again. Like I'm just yeah, right, guessing uh, at this point. <laughs> I think they dyed her hair like black it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Changed a little bit about her. Different actual like real hair do instead of like her just like hair hanging down like mm-hmm. when she was all ragged on the road. Mm-hmm. I would be fine with living in York under Sig Trigger Man. It seems like they got a good thing going up there. One small thing, if you notice in the background, like what's going on is that he's allowing the Christian lifestyle to be integrated with the Dane lifestyle, which of course Brita hates with all of her soul. But like, that's kind of a cool uh, moment because I didn't, even though I knew he was a progressive thinker, I didn't think it would get to that level this quickly, but that was really cool because it's really strengthening the bonds to the land and really cementing Sig Trigger as the leader of the, of Northumbria. Um, So that was all cool. Yeah, and him and Steora are super smart. They know what Edward's doing, and we get confirmation later when Edward's talking to Ethelhelm, and he says, you know, your ministers or whoever it is are probably dead now, and he's like, you know, because he was like, there are other ways to take control of Daneland than killing. So, and Sig Trigger knew, Steora knew, and then eventually Sig Trigger got sick of it and said, all right, get out. Mm-hmm. But a little too late, Brita shows up like right away. But before that, the reason she gets in is because Sig Trigger's brother shows up. And right. I don't know about you guys, but I just knew from the second he was there, he was going to be a fucking problem. Yeah, I mean, anytime you show up to a person of power like Sig Long Trigger, lost family members, and you're man. wasted, like there's just no shot that I'm going to have any respect for you. He's a problem, dude. Yeah. And he was faking most of the time. What was his name? It was like Ragdolf Leave. Yeah. Ragdoll. Sig Trigger's brother is what I'm going to call him until we get his name down. Sig bro. Yeah. <laughs> Sig bro. I like that. Uh, but then, you know, like that we have all that back and forth about the brothers. Stewart's trying to advise and all that thing, all that stuff. And then I don't know how many nights in, but Brita's squad shows up and it's time to for her to start making some power moves in England because she's she's over from Iceland and she's ready to fuck shit up. And she does it pretty damn easily thanks to this brother who lets them all in and convinces Sig Trigger, Sig Trigger to open up the gates. And this was just a freaking wild massacre of everybody dying. Luckily, Steora gets away and gets to stow away for a little bit here. But the highlight for me was Sig Trigger being a fucking beast, looking like uh, looking like a Martell out there with that spear. Yeah, jeez, that was awesome. Fighting He's everybody, whipping the fire around. <laughs> it's definitely very cool. Sig Trigger is definitely. He's still not in the top three Danes yet, but he's he's getting close. I'm sure these up, upcoming episodes are going to push that for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say that Brita, the best thing about Brita in this episode was she cemented Sig Trigger as someone that doesn't have to turn evil at any point. Like he is right. now someone that can be pure good until he dies or until the end. Mm-hmm. 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 So fuck yeah. Diora knows right away. She's like, get this guy out of here. Every time he shows up, he's a problem. The funny thing about it, though, is he's actually not drunk. He's actually faking it. And he shows us a few times that he's faking it. So he's listening to everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. And he knows that his secret plan is to bring in Brita and the army. He sits down with Sig Trigger and says, I have a few guys who are being accused of looting. 
and I just need safe haven. Can I please bring him in? Sig Trigger says, you're my kin. He actually does have a good talk with Stiora while he thinks Sig Bro is hammered and passed out in bed, but he's actually listening. And he's saying, like, listen, this is my brother. He's been through some shit. I'm always going to love him. You know, you got to let me do what I got to do with him. You know, get off my back, kind of, to Stiora. And you would have hoped that, you know, maybe the brother Sig Bro would have a little compassion, but goddamn. So... Did nothing for him. No, nothing. So then, you know, they go out into the courtyard or whatever. And, you know, Sig Trigger thinks that Sig Bro is just bringing in maybe 20 minute most or something, probably 10 or so. Next thing you know, here comes Brita. And it's crazy because Brita and Sig Trigger, like, you know, they obviously were working together in the last season and Sig Trigger was the leader, quote unquote. And, and Brita kept yelling at him for not being crazy and and rageful enough mm-hmm. and you know she wanted him to be merciless and he put her in her in the place and then she ended up leaving now she's coming in ready to take over yeah it's a, it's an in the episode actually ends like in the middle of the takeover after i think they get sick trigger under control or maybe that happens in the first scene of the next episode but for what breed is worth like she's a warrior like i'll give her that but i just again hate her fucking motivation i think it's stupid the only compliment i'll give her is i do like her hair i kind of like the the dane hairstyle that she's rocking but no other compliments will be given <laughs> to that girl i mean it's cool that they're using the face paint and you mm-hmm. hear throughout the episodes it's yeah. really really cool back in the day like how that it's you know when you're reading game of thrones or like anything that's taken place back then where it's like Oh, there's rumors of these crazy people in in white face paint, like ravaging towns and shit. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then they start getting reputation. And then you see Sigbro while he's in the bathroom and he's just like, oh, putting the white yeah. stuff down his face. And it's like, oh, shit, this guy's crazy. Just like Brita. So my question is, how the fuck in this time period do you get from Iceland to England? Like, isn't that not like I'm looking it up right now. That's 1,700 kilometers. I'm American. I have no fucking idea what that means in miles. But <laughs> it's longer like than a miles. thousand miles, yeah. right? Is that even yeah. good? Math? I just don't know. How do they do that? Like, is that something like do you just take big ass Viking boats back and forth, I guess? Well, they show them getting in boats. But yeah, I guess they just row them. I mean, the other crazy thing about this whole scenario is that young Utra comes in and someone had to have did the deed, had mm-hmm. him start bleeding out. And told him it was Brita because it couldn't have been Brita because she's obviously gone mm-hmm. unless she rode her boat there, did what she did to Utrid, let him loose, said, tell your dad Brita's here and then right away bailed out to York. But either way, it's crazy how this shows it's, it's in the trailer, but it, and it's young Utrid saying, like, father, help me. But you don't and you see like his legs are bloody, but you don't really they don't really show. Yeah. You know um, what the reason for the blood is, mm-hmm. and Utrid is losing his shit, losing his mind, telling everybody look for Brita, and he actually says like I'll kill her myself, and she's nowhere to be found, mm-hmm. and she's on her way to York. So I wonder if they're going to show us like a flashback, if we're just like of how that went down, or if we're just supposed to assume that somebody or her did it, and then they just rolled out right away. Yeah, I mean, because what we're supposed to isn't imply. he from? Where was his church? I forget. Because was, was it not in Wessex? Well, he was in Wessex. Yeah, he was in Wessex. Yeah, so how can she get? I don't know how she can get all the way down. I agree. It doesn't make sense 
until they explained something. Unless Uhtred was maybe going somewhere else, like a missionary kind of thing, but... Yeah, I don't know. But for what it's worth, it, we'll it, 1,700 kilometers is 1,056 miles, so I was fucking close. There you go. Proud uh, you. We, let's go to episode two. We could just continue right into this conversation because the first setting we can talk through is all of the aftermath of, of the end of episode one, all in York, and it's going to be the conclusion of the battle at York and Brita mm-hmm. actually taking over ownership and then get rounding up and killing a bunch of Christians. Cause our whole goal here is if you're Dane and you tr- even thought about going Christian, you're coming back or we're going to kill you. That's kind of like right. our whole thing. We're going back to, to Valhalla and the, the Thor mindset. Yep. And that's kind of been our whole thing. So that's been pretty damn consistent. And this is actually where uh Sig trigger does the cool spear fighting. Before they kind mm-hmm. of lock him down. And then we get to the point where Brita commands Sigbro to kill Sig Trigger. I think that's like kind of in this string of events. Yeah, she hasn't he has uh Sigbro has Sig Trigger yield. Yep. And then to make yep. a statement, she says, Okay, you're gonna kill your brother now. Yeah. Yeah. Now what did you guys think? Did you think she was gonna do it? Or he was gonna do it? I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. I, yes. His head was underwater for however long it was, and I was like well, there goes Sig Trigger and fuck. I thought Sig Trigger guy. was game over. I was ready to get on this pod and be like, Dave, you wanted more time with Sig Trigger to put him in your top three. We got nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I had eight no's written in my notes as this scene was going on before I wrote, Thank God Brita let him live. Cause I was like, I, I just didn't see how he wasn't gonna die. Once she's like acting all erratic, she was like the Joker for a second. She's like, yeah. kill him. No, you kill him. Like she was like all over the place, like super erratic. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, I was like, there's no way out right now unless Stiora like jumps up or something. Yeah. I, and his I hair really looks like didn't. shit. Now. Yeah. Now he looks like shit. <laughs> God damn. What a good man he had. He and then they it cut really it. Cut. Finnan needs to work that hair a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we have Stiora and she's up top in, I guess, their room, right? That's where they stay. That's at where first, they're like, yes. yeah, we room. see them looking over the, the courtyard and from there. And that's where Sigbro first shows up and he yells for Sig Trigger and they look out at him from there. That's where she is when shit's hitting the fan. And she checks from above when the army's showing up and sees that it's not good and is yelling for Sig Trigger, but he can't hear. So she has her friend, which props to her because I didn't even know sign language existed back then. Me neither. So props to her for knowing that. And her and her, I guess, servant, but she treats them like friends, just like a, a good person should, just like a nutrient child should. And they decide they need to get the hell out of there. At first, she wants to fight. Then she's convinced not to. And it's a it's a cool sneaking scene, building up some anxiety for you. And they get into this little whatever trap door. But I'm thinking this is going to be a way for her to, like, get out. Yeah. That's but instead, it's just like, hey, go hide in the sewer and not eat or sleep or do anything for however many days breed is there i mean it was not gonna work i would have thought that it was actually connected to whatever utrid and the boys yeah been through. i thought she was gonna have an out like i literally thought she was gonna be the one to be like going to utrid or something and yeah. being like dad we need you or something yeah i wonder what is this just like a storage place because utrid's got the right idea and going in through the, whatever it is like the shithole literally a shithole and yeah i mean I, I take it it's like a safe room i guess but at the same time you Stupid. know yeah. where the hell is she gonna go mm-hmm. so because she knows Breda knew she had to be there and 
I was real nervous this whole episode. Anytime Stuart was on the screen because she had she just conveniently had that little slit that was like a sewer and she could just watch all of Brita's cruelty. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, she's going to freaking stop this and then she's going to get tortured and then she's going to hold over. Like, I just thought it was going to be lead to a terrible chain of events and it still might based on the last scene of this episode. That uh, was cool though when she's yelling through the sewers. Yeah, she was because that was that was pretty yeah. badass. But yeah. what happens is like Brita's, I guess, just uses her daughter, and I have it here now. V I B E K E Vibeck is what I'm gonna go for yeah. as the name of the girl. She uses her as a seer again to walk around and start making sacrifices to the gods so that they can keep going with their plans. And at the same time, Brita's using it to leverage it as as just like a threat against Dior, like, come out, come on, we're going to keep killing all your people and all that stuff. Uh, But one thing I wanted to say is like this whole scene, because Brita, of course, makes all this happen. Like, I think I would rather hang out with Joffrey than Brita. (laughs) Hang out, meaning just like spend a day with him. Invite him over to my Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) Like, I I hate Brita. (laughs) Joffrey, I mean, I think you're having a little recency bias. It depends. Like, it depends if you're an asshole, too, and Joffrey and you could be assholes together. Breed is just like a different kind of like, I don't even know, man. Joffrey, Breeda, and Aylesworth can all just sit at the dinner table by themselves. And I'll be, <laughs> they can sit at the kids' table, and I'll be with the adults. They're all three different day. types of hate. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. I, I don't know. She's just, fuck Breeda, man. She's so into the religion now. Like, I know she always kind of has been. She always believed in the curses and the sorcerers and stuff like that. But do we think there's going to be a reason she thinks her kids a seer other than the fact that it's her kid? And she's- I was, I was going to ask the same question. I was going to ask if we thought like what her powers were going to come to because she keeps saying these sacrifices, like what are the importance of the sacrifices? Are we going to get into that or are they just general sacrifices? And they limited them to five a day is what it seemed like also. Well, so, that could have been if- Brie to be merciful because merciful. it was freaking okay. awesome. When she held, holds Sigbro's hand, I know, but so my soft. gosh! Oh, when I they first were when they were first doing the uh the sacrifice and s- sacrificial stuff on whatever like rock that was in Iceland, like, baby. Yeah, she picks uh the the guy. I thought that dude was gonna be some badass Dane who was gonna be like he just jumps to his husband. death. Yeah, and then it just jumps to his death. <laughs> that was like a little mini volcano, right? Isn't yeah, that basically what I'm envisioning? Me. I mean, Horrible death. Yeah. So the one thing I will say is we talk about this all the time. Season season one with Isolt. That's season one, right? Mm-hmm. Season one with Isolt. Season three with Skade. Season five with Breda's daughter. We talk about the sorcery and story, I guess, from Almost, when we see yeah. him. Um, We talk about the sorcery, and if it's just one of those things where it's back in the day and you can convince people that you have visions or, you know, you could do this, you could do that. The only thing I will say is that she covers her eyes and picks a person, whatever. She could do that to anybody. That doesn't matter to me. She's throwing the rocks. I think they show her on the boat, throwing the rocks and reading them, whatever that means. Kind of that like was story. what story did. Yeah. yeah. When he threw like the bones. The only thing I will say, though, is that she makes a sacrifice in episode one. The guy goes into the geyser or whatever you want to say. And then the volcano erupts and and the light shines, you know, because Brita says like a sacrifice to Thor or Odin. You know, he'll be happy now. And then it gets sunny. And mm-hmm. then after the sacrifice in episode one, the volcano. And it's like, again, are we supposed to think something's happening here or is it just another coincidence kind of deal? But for me, I don't have an opinion on whether she actually has powers or not. 
she's probably just like showing something to Brita. Brita always has been shown, like you said, Luke, to understand curses and stuff. So she's probably just trying to make her daughter look cooler. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, because the fact that Brita does truly believe in the curses, like, you know, like we've been seeing in multiple examples with with Skate and, and a Story, she wouldn't lie to her people about her kid if she unless she truly believed it. So, like, there yeah, must like, have been some sort of a catalyst that made quote her unquote signs that you would see as someone who believes in that. Maybe, yeah, you know, like whether they're real or not, it doesn't matter. But if you believe in it like Brita believes in it, and then she sees something in her daughter that would make her believe, you know, she's a seer. Well, there you go. I feel and like if you raise your daughter to think she's a seer, she's going to do it. Yeah. 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 I feel like these events, like these magical connections are more so to be more metaphorical, like, yeah, because they made the sacrifice. They're not, there's uh, volcanoes aren't going to erupt every time they make a sacrifice, you know, kind of thing. It's, I don't think it's more than just a coincidence. I, I I see it more as just okay. This is just a demonstration of power in a sense. It's mm-hmm. whether it holds up to be true or not is dependent on the person, I guess. But I don't really take too much. Yeah, you to can that see it if you want to see it. You know, yeah. you can convince yeah. yourself into anything. I just don't know what she did to her people to convince them that she was a, that eight year old Vebeck is a seer. But yeah. I think there's got to be more to it. Like, well, she we're going to learn more about her. Plus, I mean, she could have also been making the case like I was a great. I don't know if she was directly a seer, but you know, I had some magical powers in the day and now my she took daughter- some, she took some mushrooms and saw some shit, man. That's <laughs> true. She did have visions, but I don't know. I mean, she saw her and Ragnar on the day. Boat. Back in the day, you could just say anything and people would believe you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's true. Back in the day, I could hold your hand, Dave, and Luke would just freaking kill you. <laughs> yeah, for real. Which, <laughs> uh, but we're, we're going to step away from this storyline until everyone starts coming back because the last thing that is hap- that happens here is what we were saying it's like is Sig Bro is about to kill Sig Trigger and then it gets stopped and I thought that felt I don't know if that felt a little bit plot armory or against what we've seen from Brita where she's like not merciful at all like do you think like I don't really know how to take that scene like I is that is that I think thinking she right. she's losing was- an advantage by letting him die or like I don't know He's the connection to like, he's the way to draw out each I, I think it was a good decision on her to. Well, Steor is the main way, but right. I I think that Brita understands that Sig Trigger is the leader of this Dane land, but in her eyes, it's like a weak Dane land because, you know, they're not fully devout like she is with her people. And I'm just assuming that the mercy was, hey, Let's start this conversation of you guys following me now. I'm merciful to your guy. Instead of doing the whole like fear me and, and I'll lead you. Mm-hmm. I think she's trying like the all right, I could be merciful too. remember who you are. And that's how you see like when she has the women and the other. I don't even know if there was men, but if it was women on the, in this in the square mm-hmm. that were, you know, worshiping and she was like, you know, I'm not going to hurt you, but you have to, you know, stop worshiping and come back to the to the real world, quote unquote, you know. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, guess, I think it was a tactic as a leader, but, you know, it's not fully in her personality. Right. I agree that strategically it made sense, but I thought that was against her thing of not believing in some of the religious things, because to me, isn't that a sign from your God? If you truly believing that she's a seer and you're going against that just for your own purposes, which is smart. 
but like I thought that was against Brita's character. So I guess we're going to learn more about how much she truly believes that the seer is a seer. And like we're saying, like Vivek could be a very key component to how Brita's whole storyline plays out. The seer didn't really have any, but the seer didn't like have any interactions with Sig Trigger, though. Like he wasn't chosen as a sacrifice. No, no, no. It was Sig Trigger's brother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Sorry, I might have. Yeah, you mixed that up a little bit. Yeah, I did. My bad. But if um, you meant Sigbro, I now I understand. I did mean Sigbro because okay. I know the drowning was earlier in the episode. Right. The drowning is her rec, like you know, rec, you know, whatever. She was telling him to do it, but then Sigbro gets his hand held, I and then also, she slashes his cheek instead. Yes. I just think that if you see someone that's like a character like Ethelwald or a rat like this, uh, Sigbro is, I just think there's always room to just instill fear and just manipulate them to whatever extent until they like have them you know be a messenger and if they die as a messenger whatever that kills two burns mm-hmm. with one stone you know sig bro right. is is an all-timer i love that fucking name. <laughs> sig bro hell uh, yeah the next bucket that we're going to go to is a little bit too close to my own heart so i'm going to need one of you guys to take it when we uh go through all of the bad news that Ethel oh Flag gets. my gosh i can't do it tears in the chat man so yeah like i said to start the episode of episode one when we first meet Ethel fled she's getting off her horse she's acting like she's worse for wear she says it's just because it was a long ride but like i said too it was on purpose that they made her look like that it's pretty obvious they wanted her to look sick she has this conversation and and it's dude it's awful everything that happens after the fact that we get the the confirmation but she has luke's girl edith in a room and they're looking at edith is looking at her and saying you know this is this is awful and ethel fled is saying you know i've had these before i've had these kangers before i can get them removed like you're supposed to be you know one of the best healers out there can you just remove it for me like i don't care like i'll deal with pain i'll deal with you you know cutting as much skin as you need to and Edith is like, listen, you're not understanding me. Like, I can't. You, you're dying. And you know, it's so tears it, in the chat, man. It gets diagnosed as a canker sore. Canker sore. Yeah, that's what she says. Yeah. I, I was convinced can- it was going to be cancer. Said canker, but I wrote breast cancer just because. I mean, that's... I've never seen cancer like actually be like outside unless it's skin cancer. I mean, I'm not I thought a doctor, it was like, but it looked like it was more inside and in that it, it was like, like grayscale to me, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Harley, bro. (laughs) But this is just so upsetting to me because we were gushing, me and Luke, especially in the last podcast episode over Ethel Fled. And to see her story potentially get cut so soon, well, I guess it's really not that soon, but she, it just feels like she had so much more potential and so much more room to grow for Mercia, too. And well, especially because we don't get to see the past eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we know she did big things in eight years. She's been keeping the peace. Don't get to see it. Yeah. She made an alliance with the Scots recently. Everyone seems to love her. Her advisor yeah. is, in my opinion, became one of the best advisors of the show in Althelm. Probably is. Is that his name? Althelm? Yeah. Althelm. He's a beast. Like he just like low key just started consistently killing it after he got over Ethelred stuff. Yeah. And it's just insane to watch this because Ethelfled is truly one of the best leaders of this show that we've seen. And the fact that she takes this news from Edith like a freaking champion. Like mm-hmm. she has her tears for a little bit, but she yeah. starts like quoting or like citing Alfred as a, as a source of inspiration. She's live she's she, she says like when Alfred got his news, he didn't just give up and die like he still made sure that his legacy lived on right and all of that's awesome because alfred's our boy 
collectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one thing that that really got me was just the fact that like she is she knows she's going to die before like reconciling with Uhtred. And that part's yeah. so hard to watch. But the silver lining is that Finn knows and he's totally going to break before the battle and tell him. Oh, yeah. Just to kind of like put him at ease, even I though it's going to make him sad. But I hope so. I mean, but- Aldhelm's actors acting is phenomenal because we've known since the very beginning that Aldhelm has loved Ethel Fled. And, you know, he's saying like, mercy, it cries. He says, you know, there's, you know, I cry. You know, it, it was it was some good shit. It was good acting. And it is like you, you're you're saying, Luke, it's heartbreaking to have a situation where Ethel Fled knows she's dying, Aldhelm Helm knows she's dying, Edith knows she's dying, and then Ethel Fled has work to do now. She knows she has to take care of the succession, so she can't help Utrid, and Utrid just tears her up. Tears her up. And everybody in the room except Utrid knows that she's dying, and that's the reason, but she won't tell him. Mm-hmm. Oh my it's- gosh. It's so hard to watch, obviously, and it you you can't obviously he's in the wrong, but you can't blame him either because he's going through this whole family issue. Well, well wait, he's not in the wrong if she's OK. Yeah, no, like, yeah. she's not dying, but he's in the wrong now because. He, yeah. And especially he someone with him dying. that has been in the position that she is where he has not been able to relinquish information at the cost of saving others, like with Ragnar and Alfred, like that whole thing. So. But he is in a tra- like a traumatic state right now, especially with his son who's just just been castrated, and then his daughter is about to potentially die. I get the feelings of wanting to do something right now, but I really wanted him to listen when Ethel Fled said it was something along the lines of, um, "You have to like trust my judgment, yeah, trust, trust my judgment yeah. right now." And he just stormed off. I was like, "Just yeah. bite the bullet, man." Just One thing it. he also says in that scene, which I basically, you might as well put this as the tagline of the whole show, is he says to her at the end of that conversation, I'll do this alone, even if you give me nothing, because he always gets nothing from everyone he yep. fucking helps. It's basically Th- Thanos, right? Fine, I'll do it myself. Right? <laughs> like, that's yeah. just how I feel every time it's Uhtred. But in this context, it's sad because Uhtred will get it done, I'm sure. And it's just, she's probably going to die. I don't, I'm guessing, I don't think they're going to ever see each other again. Uhtred and Ethelfled. Uhtred and Ethelfled. Like, oh, I think that's, man. I think, I mean, I, th- I took it like the assumption was that you need to let him take care of what he needs to take care of. Like Aldhelm says, when she asked him, she says, should I have told him? And he said, you know, not unless you want him to try to save Steori with a broken heart, you know, so she made the right decision. But I always thought the assumption was that she was hoping he would come back and there would be a little bit of a, of a t- of time. That's but, what she's hoping. Yeah. But we, yeah, but you're assuming that we won't and I'm assuming we probably won't either. And then there's that, situation where edith is now in the middle of it and well, edith tells finnan in that conversation didn't Aldhelm like uchard already stormed off he asked edith directly like give us a timeline you know you already At said she point, won't yeah. live a year but then when he said or when edith gives the diagnosis that she's not going to see the next spring spring like that's like they're supposed to return in the or, summer yes. it sounded like it yeah. sounded like they were supposed to come summer but she's going to die in the spring before mm-hmm. then <sighs> But yeah, Fuck tears that, in the dude. chat, man. I'm so upset. And like you said, Jimmy, I think Aldhelm's performance this episode was just incredible. I think I've really come to love him as an advisor, and he's mm-hmm. easily one of my favorite characters now. I hate to see the man so heartbroken. Like when he has the one-on-one conversation with 
Ethel fled and he's like, how did it go? And she's like, not great. And he's like, well, how bad is it? And she's like, not next. I won't make it till next spring. He's he's torn, man. His That's acting. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Killed it, man. We already so said it. His acting's him. great. Yeah. Shout out to Aldhelm. Yeah. Shout out to Aldhelm. I mean, this guy has been the guy for her since the very beginning. He couldn't even, you know, she chose him to be the one that would freaking kill her. Let's talk about again really quick. Brita and Uhtred versus Ethel Fled and Aldhelm. Similar situation where Ethel Fled says to Aldhelm, hey, if she's going to hit the fan here and I'm going to die or get captured, you need to kill me and make it merciful slash, you know, let me die in dignity. And, you know, Uhtred says, pick someone you trust. She says, I already got it picked. It's Aldhelm. Mm -hmm. He can't do it. Okay, we don't see Ethelflaed going trying to kill all of Aldhelm's Al- children and all this shit. Same, literally the same thing. Like not exactly the same, but it's a situation where yeah. he loves her or cares for her so much that he can't do it. Just like yeah. Uhtred couldn't do it when Brita wanted him. And Great we have comparison. two totally separate scenarios coming here with the 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 goat, the queen, and Brita. Who Jesus? We accept yeah. all Brita slander on this channel. All right, but yeah. wait, speaking of slander. This wouldn't be the last kingdom if we didn't get some bullshit out of Elswith before we left, <laughs> before we leave, uh, before we leave Rum Kaffa. Because in this scene, in the ending scene of before Uhtred actually leaves the city of uh, the village, castle, whatever the area, uh, yeah. she starts freaking out basically at Edith saying like, oh, like, you know, you're what well, your cure's not good enough. Like you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Basically saying like, oh, uh, yes, I'm, I don't give a shit if a half assed healer tells us you're dying. It's not true. Mm-hmm. She gets I mean, she's like a emotion. super hypochondriac now. Like she's, you know, you can tell as soon as she gets off her horse. And any time we see her this entire two episodes, she's a major hypochondriac. Mm-hmm. What I guess what the the equivalent of what it would be back in the day. And yeah, then she gets her one scene and it's to yell at Edith and freak out about her daughter dying. It's just, just like, you, like they are purposely making this person to just, like, just for me to hate. Don't talk to my wife like that, dude. I will fuck you up. That's I'm over her. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, for real. Uh, yeah, but OK, just, before we get to the part in the end, like the last like four or five scenes when we're all squatted up and then we go back to York, I think we step away and we handle all the Wessex stuff real quick. OK, because this is our first real look into edward and how things have been going right because did he we appear in episode we, we, one i don't remember we also forgot to talk about ethel flood's daughter which is a big deal too okay let's let's do that then before we go okay. to wessex because that is like kind of this a big piece here because she is the heir that ethel yep. fled is going to have to go through all these hoops dealing with all the eldermen that care about the succession line in mercia because she is the next in line and she's out here just like acting like a normal teenager right she like she's flirting motherfucker well is that, is that <laughs> the same guy yeah Kin- same dude Kinleaf. same dude yeah Kinleaf, i thought you were me- i thought you meant it like she was hooking up with multiple guys no, like no, the way I you said just that i mean she's just looking to get some dick like, <laughs> she is, wants to party dude yeah she's yeah. really all she wants i she, I don't I'm not blame her either her. though because she doesn't know no i mean i don't blame her either she's i, I think she being, brings up a great point like fuck destiny you know i would be saying the same shit back then like I mean, it's if Destiny I got is all if I Destiny got, is all Dave. I got also to be a king. I would probably take it, but I could see why some <laughs> people back in the day would all be like, "No, I don't want that." This well, is- yeah, the thing that I wasn't thinking about at all was, well, at least until they had the conversation, was that the daughter has to stay chase too, yes, forever, yes, because if 
you know, she didn't have a son. She had a daughter. We've known that, obviously. And they, the Mercians won't accept or the Witten won't accept the daughter as the successor unless the daughter is chaste as well. I mean, we thought that Ethel Fled was almost going to be a placeholder until someone came of age, kind of like Uhtred, but mm-hmm. she was just the shit, so she got to keep going, as she should have. But, you know, she even gets a successor here, so she's legit king slash queen, you know, and gets a successor and her daughter, and, man, Ethel Fled's taking so many L's with all these all these conversations. And when she, when she finds out she's going to be dying, she goes to tell her daughter, and the daughter's just like, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, because she does have a, a line that's directly saying, like, don't regret this. Don't regret yelling at me right now because, yeah. you know, you're going to find out. But one thing I noticed that's a really, really good touch by the writers is she's blonde, right? She's and what? She's blonde. Oh, hair color. She's blind. I no, was like, blonde hair color. And yeah. that makes sense because Eric was blonde. Yeah. And Ethel yeah. Red had dark hair and Ethel Fled had dark hair. So that actually I just like was thinking about that right now. That's a pretty cool little touch because obviously yeah. it is Eric's kid. And they kind of yep. have been constantly saying that. But that's also another reason why she'd be a great heir for the whole theme of the show is The Last Kingdom, because she is Saxon and Dane coming together. So mm-hmm. like that's like a that's oh, kind of yeah, like, that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty poetic. I like that if she decides to lean into it. It's a shame her and Ethel Stan are related because then they could be king queens unite everything. <laughs> that is so wild. You just said that because in my head I kind of forgot that they were brother and sister. I'm like, no, they're, they're what? cousins. They're cousins. They're cousins. cousins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I was like, that would just be a great power couple. And then you said it, and I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, shit, that can't. Happen. Well, I guess it could. Happen. I don't think cousins matter back in the day. <laughs> yeah, right. Back then, it definitely did not matter. Uh, is that all we need to talk about from <clears throat> that plotline now? Is there any like yeah. predictions that you guys have about her? It will um, she become the leader I mean, of Mercia? Aelflin? Yeah. I'm gonna go. I honestly no. No. I'm gonna say you she's don't not think it'll happen, or do you think she won't last? I don't think it won't. I don't. I don't think it'll happen. I think she'll be around. I just don't think she'll be the one. I think the, they might end up finding someone better, okay. or, or someone more willing and better to take. Better. I have a feeling that she will succeed, and like meaning she will take you know take the throne, right? And then maybe Edward or somebody's going to get in the middle of it because we already know he was doing that before and he's trusting his sister. But, you know, we already talked about a million times in last season about how they're trying to find the right person for the throne. And even Edward was like saying a child can't do this. So maybe Edward gets in the middle of it. I'm not I'm not sure. To be I'm honest, also thinking I- now because of what your comment is about the blonde hair and it being Eric's kid, I think that would also back up my point in her not being the ruler because I think it would just be too obvious for people to be like uh, the rumors of her being a Dane child is are like very possible and that would just cause a bunch of conflict. That's very Game of Thrones esque, right? With and Ethel Red and stuff. It's yeah. that's super that's true. And Ethel Red did say like he your daughter, not our daughter, but he says your daughter looks a little fair for a Mercian. Never identified the child as his daughter. Mm-hmm. I feel like even yeah. in front of others too would just call call her to as like you know your child yeah either way that's going to make for some good politics later and yeah. that's kind of i love that shit when it when it's well, well written so eat that shit up man yeah man all right let's now let's step to wessex like i mentioned earlier and actually go through this storyline because to me this felt like the least um like there wasn't a lot of tension but i was still kind of interested in it because i love edward's growth from last season like this is the edward i pictured we were going to get 
in the beginning of season four because of like all the lessons from Alfred and him mm-hmm. working with Uhtred and being wise. And a huge part of the reason he he has progressed like this, I'm just going to say it. I think it's because of Pure Lake. Like, I think he was one of the best things that could have happened to Edward. He is up there with Aldhelm for one of the best advisors and Bianca. Like, he's on that level of not trying to control the king for his own purposes. Like, he's doing it for the benefit of Wessex. And he's he's the one that kind of splits up Aldhelm and Edward a little bit. He's always saying, like, yeah, Aldhelm's just trying to do this. Aldhelm yeah, and Ethelhelm. Ethel. Jesus Christ, man. They're the same name, whatever. And you also got to give credit to <laughs> Edward for being able to just look him in the eye at the end of last season and be like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That was except you let him stay for eight more. Yeah, then that years, was, so. I was actually confused as to why he was even allowed <laughs> back at the castle, but he explains it to the mistress or wherever that girl from Kent was, where he says, you know, he still has allies and he still has a lot of money. Talking about his father in law. So he still has to like for appearances keep him happy. But we see that he never listens to him and he openly owns him pretty much. So that girl is going to be a wild card. Like I thought she was going to be something and then she wasn't. But then at the same time, was she like when she took the fake, took the bribe to give to Edward? Is she still kind of sketchy in your guys' opinion? Or is like she doing that because she pure, she truly does like Edward? I trying uh, to play both sides. Like, I don't know what I don't read on her. I took it like she's doing like the is she's like a strong protagonist, like independent woman, however you want to say it. And Edward is going to or Edward actually does like her a lot. And I think they're going to be like a couple on the side, which could lead to her dying from. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. The queen I mean, side we see from Ethel Helm and from the queen that Alfred, he's a little slut. Mm hmm. You know, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of mistresses. Yeah. So just like it, just like Alfred was, man, he liked he liked his women <laughs> before, you know, before. I mean, um, before he was king. Yeah. Before I don't have much king. of a prediction on her yet, but I do think that it's I'm I'm happy at how pleased I was with the Wessex scenes. Like I was still like very entertained by them. And I'm just because Edward's going to have to make some big boy decisions coming up here about what he's going to do with the leader of Mercia and then what's going on with Uhtred and Brita. So he's going to have some yeah. big decisions. I, I hope he ditches out on Ethel Helm's daughter, whatever the queen. Yeah. You can't, I don't think you can <laughs> just do that. I hope he ditches out on Well, he literally, oh my gosh, he owns her so bad to Ethel Helm when they're talking about matches. Oh yeah. And, and he's, he's like, like, you know, and he's like, oh man, wouldn't it be a shame if you, if you have to be married to someone you detest or something for however long. And oh my gosh, but we can't leave Winchester or Wessex without talking about Ethel Helm and his dude and his guy that he's is his hitman slash whatever guy he's trying to get or paying to do all this work. The biggest thing that came out of it, number one, obviously, was the attack on Ethel stand. But number mm-hmm. two was Ethel Helm having a messenger, that guy. Put out the message that the king will not help Sig Trigger. Mm hmm. So when Sig Trigger needs help and Finnan and them go to, to, to get the help, they're told, no, the king says you can't have it. And Pure League's like, that's not true. So Ethelhelm still has a lot to say and he still has pull. I'm praying that Sig Trigger believes that because if that's a seed that's being planted for him to now no longer trust Edward because of this whole corruption that's going on internally, I'm going to be pissed because like even Uhtred and Pure League were like totally like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, 
Edward yeah. should be supporting it. And Peter Lugie's like, he is supporting it. But all of this disarray coming around from Ethel Helm, he's he's a little bitch. And let's add on to this <laughs> to this little plot bucket too, because the the body, what are we calling him? His his messenger also yeah. learns about Ethel Fled's um terminal right. disease, terminal sickness. Right. Because that's kind of all like within this, and he's gonna damn the gambling getting that priest, information. Man. Yeah, it's Father Benedict. We didn't talk about him in the f- first half of this podcast, but it's, what he is is a priest. Was he sent from Mercia? From literally like bouncing from high kingdom to high kingdom because he's just he's, gambling away his life. Yeah, he has no money, and they figured bringing him to uh, where Uhtred is, Rumkafa, would calm him down a little bit, and not because there's nothing to, to there's really nothing to gamble. Do. There's nothing there. I'm yeah. not sure how this is going to benefit Ethel Helm, but it is. It's going to be bad for Edward and it's going to be bad for Uhtred in some way. I mean, and specifically bad for Ethel Fled. I'm sure it's going to cause chaos and mercy. It works well for Ethel Helm, right? That, yeah. Like this is this yeah. is the news that he's like ready to eat up. Like mm-hmm. he's been waiting for this moment. And that kind of goes to my point where I don't want Edward to have any kind of heel turn like he did in season three when he was trying to or season four when he was trying to take over Mercia. But if he finds out from Ethel Helm somehow, which again, I don't know if that even would happen because Ethel Helm is trying to use like his own collateral. Like he's trying to hold anything he can against Edward. But if he does find out from Edward that his sister's dying, that could cause him to have to make moves on Mercia. And then like either me or Dave's situation about whether the daughter succeeds or not could come to fruition. Yeah, he's he's going to be a problem. He's like Littlefinger, like he's just doing all of this shit to be very selfish. And I I, I don't even know if he, how much he even cares about his own daughter. I guess he does. I guess his whole priority is going to be having Edward's son that's in Wessex become the king. Maybe like he's going to start maneuvering pieces to have both Ethel Stan killed and then Edward killed. So then his whole family's kind of the one that's pulling all the strings and maybe that's yeah i don't know how this information is all about that it's all about the bloodline man it's all yeah. about the legacy yep yeah it's gonna be fun to see how that plays out but any other pieces you guys want to say on that Nah, but let's finish hawks i got five minutes you guys yeah, think we get done five? all right <laughs> so yeah i mean we only got a couple more scenes here but this is what i've been freaking waiting for it's squad up time right we're all i don't know what the how far out of York we are, but we're all on our way to York. We got Uhtred and the boys like Sictric and Finnan. Um, we have Peer Lake here who just shows up and then now we're running into a like just completely battered down Sig Trigger and they're meeting upside out. They're meeting outside of York and talking about a lot of things we just discussed, right? Like how no one's going to be supporting Uhtred not because of Edward, but because of um, Aldhelm, uh, Ethelhelm, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> Ethelhelm scheming. So it, I did have a, a good feeling walking away from the scene because Sigtrigger didn't just turn to straight like you guys betrayed us, like, blah, blah, blah. I was a good leader here. Instead, he actually helps come up with a plan. Yeah, and, like, I think Uhtred that's going to bond them a little bit because this is going to work. Yeah, Uhtred looks at him right away and is like, he is. He, he just of? notices. Yeah, he notices the facial change. Like, you got a plan, don't you? Let's like, go. Oh, it doesn't so, always have to be Uhtred. I'm hyped <laughs> for this this matchup, baby. This is yeah. like Sig Trigger has earned the right of being like a good moral person. Like, he just wants peace for his people. I can totally respect that want. And now him and Uhtred are going to team up. Let's fucking go, man. 
And we like we always have said in this past episode, this podcast episode, that you can't forget that eight years has gone by. And it's so funny to hear like Finn and say something like, Uhtred, I get it. I know he's family. Like when they're talking about Sig Trigger. And then when Sig Triggers or Uhtred is getting ready to go into the tunnel, he's like, oh, my daughter yeah. would kill me if I if I let you go first. And then he yeah. goes first. <laughs> Good guy, Uhtred. Love it. No, that was a great father line. Father-in-law, man. That's I want him as my father-in-law. I would love that more than anything. I want that so bad. But I also love, uh, I told Luke this while we were watching the end of the episode too, but just fit in his superstitions, man, of like, he just hates ghosts. He hates disease. Like all that stuff is just, I love that when he's just like, too, dude. those damn Romans, like they they place ghosts at all, the, all their houses and everything. I'm not going in there. Yeah. And, he's holding the cross as he's walking yeah, in. He holds the cross. He's, like, he's a little baby, even though he's like one of the strongest people we've seen in this show so far. Mm-hmm. Like I love that duality. I could see this if it follows suit season five as the first four seasons where we get a mid season, usually episode four, episode five kind of mid climax. Like mm-hmm. we're kind of gearing up for where Something's you know Frida could die. Frida could die by Uhtred and Sig Trigger could kill his, his Sig bro. And then the second half of the season, we go it's to Bevenberg. Yeah. yeah, that sounds Follow like ideal me. to me. And then you know, season five is going to be politics, and there's going to have to be another battle. I'm sure. Maybe. I just don't know where this daughter comes in, meaning Brita's daughter, because like, are you going to kill her like when Brita dies, or is she going to like? Go Uhtred with might. Uhtred, like I think she would go with Uhtred just out of because Uhtred has art. Like we've already seen him have that respect for Brita. Unfortunately, I think he would take, take her, her on, yeah, and yeah. kind of have her because he. I mean, he he originally took like Isolt and Skade both for their powers. So I think it mm-hmm. could just be the same thing here. Like, oh, you've got powers, come with me, and then they'll eventually develop some sort of relationship. Maybe I'm also down with somehow. The daughter gets tortured in front of Brita just to punish Brita. <laughs> but, you know, that's just a dude, personal. Going back to what I said last episode, you love kids getting tortured and killed, dude. Well, I don't have an attachment to Vebeck or whatever her name is, yeah. but I do have an attachment to my wanting of Brita to die painfully yes. and it be satisfying. And that would be satisfying to me because I think that's the only thing that can hurt her now. She doesn't care yeah. about who dies. She doesn't care about like if her legacy lives on. I think the only thing she cares about is killing Uhtred and her daughter. All right, let's yeah. come. We'll come back to this when the time comes. Well, hopefully it will come. But who do you two think is going to deal the final blow to Brita? Is it going to be Uhtred or is it going to be Stiora? Who would you put money on? Uhtred. 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 Really? Yeah. I was I, I was expecting both of you to say Stiora. Do you think that? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it's going to be Stiora. We'll okay. Ask well, Brian, we'll ask Brian when he comes back. Rest in peace to Brian as well. And Brian might miss the next episode too, so yeah, he'll be back true. after. Hopeful death. Five, six. But mm-hmm. Stiora, man, she had a great ending. You're right, Jimmy. You brought it up earlier when she's just showing her Uhtred side, being a badass, just screaming at Brita, telling her, like, I'm going to get you for this, like all of that. And it, because of that line, maybe, maybe Stiora is the one that does the final blow. But I think I'd be fine be- with it. But I just think that after all this, Uhtred needs to do it. Yeah. I think it might be a Canute situation where like Uhtred will weaken Brita and then Stiora's rage will just deal the final blow is how I picture it. Going Honestly, okay. Sick Trigger could do it too. Yeah, yeah that's true too. We yeah. should have a like, uh, there should like a, what was the Game of Thrones Deadpool? There should be one. Yeah, Deadpool. One. I actually thought about making us do that yeah, on that, pod. But that would have been like, way yeah. too hard, honestly. I what if, bet all what if my Brita's, everyone. What if Brita's daughter holds Brita's hand and then Brita has to kill herself? 
for the now, gods. When they do the hand holding <laughs> thing, Brita stands all the way on the other side of the yeah, She's court. like, Don't come near me. Do not come near me. Just gotta get to five people before <laughs> me. <laughs> but uh before we get out of here, let's let's give it a relative ranking of like a start yeah. of a season because you know, it's hard to compare it to what we think the rest of the season is going to be like. And we're going to binge the shit out of it right after this podcast. But for me, I would say personally, I think it was a powerful start. An eight year time skip really makes me forgive almost anything. Like it all makes sense. Like a lot of pieces really that that's a great reward for the first four seasons of struggle. And my my biggest takeaway is that Sig, Sig Trigger is going to be good to the end. And I'm, I love that. And then the other thing is my critique is going to be again that I hate Brita's motivation, but put that aside. And I love it so far. I think episodes one and two as good as, you know, this has been great. Okay. I'll just say that uh, this was a great start to the season. I am so excited. I'm so glad that Jimmy pitched this to us. However many weeks ago that was, I'm just excited to see how this comes almost to an end. And then the movie coming out, I think my expectations are very high. Like Luke said, the only disappointment is maybe Brita not being as fleshed out as a villain as she could be. But other than that, right. I think politics are set up to be very good this season. I think there's a lot of interesting characters. We're going to finally have their closing closing moments in this season. And like Ethel Helm, I think Brita's chapter will be all closed here. And mm-hmm. excited to get there, man. I think Sig Trigger is a great character as well. So let's ride. Yeah, I'm going to go with ace man i thought they were both really great episodes i thought it started off the season hot gave us some backstory about what happened in the last eight years let us know what's going on with some of our favorite characters we've seen the age of some characters showing here we're we're getting some already big 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 things coming up with ethel fled being sick and dying we have ethel stan being old and of age and very capable we had Ethel Helm still in the picture. There's still a lot of moving pieces, and I've enjoyed everything so far. Um, two sides of the coin here with the Brita situation. I would allow her motivation as long as she's killed off soon. Mm. Like, if she's not the big, big bad, then fine. Just take yeah. care of her soon, and then we'll move on to Bevenberg. The other side of that coin is, though, I don't know if they'll do that just because Brita's been a thing since season one. And maybe they just believe that she's been around and she has the history to be enough as a big bad. But I agree. I think she will be gone by episode four or five, whatever that big climax midway season episode is. So excited to see it, guys. Pumped. The last thing I'll say is that we only have eight episodes plus a movie left of content for this show. And I still don't think that like we have nearly enough screen time for um, Uhtred's cousin cousin yeah in yeah. Bebenberg like he needs to be built up a little bit because Bebenberg even if that's not like the movie's goal and that's just like the season five's goal like that has to still stick that landing that's still got to be a thing it just feels inevitable yeah, yeah like it was, it's I been agree. there since episode one so we need to build that evil villain up a little bit more because they killed the uncle and that was like a risky move because now we have this no name who's been there for two episodes, or maybe one. only even one episode he was in, and we got to get him yeah. some screen time. So I'm all in on killing Brita in the next two to three episodes, and then moving on to that piece of the story. So we he's can probably gathered, can take it home. He's probably gathered some unbelievable troops in his eight eight years. years? Yeah, he's oh, probably that's be true. A beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think he's his reinforcements are going to be so much greater than they what they were when mm-hmm. he first arrived at Bebenberg. Bebenberg seems like a post um, York kind of thing that we can get Absolutely, to. Absolutely, yeah. I think so yeah. 
Let's get to Bevenberg ASAP and take care of that. Guys, episodes one and two of season five are done. Dave is flexing for the camera. He loves it so much. If you like what you hear, please, please, please. If you're watching our video, subscribe on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, subscribe on any of your favorite podcast apps. Hit us with a five-star review. We really appreciate it. We will be back very soon with episodes three and four. And we're going to keep going with the two-episode series until maybe the finale will do by itself. We'll figure that out when it gets there. Brian, we'll be back soon. We miss him a lot. But for now, me, Luke, and Dave are holding it down. If you guys want to support the pod, we have a Patreon, Bingetown, or Patreon.com slash Bingetown TV. Two tiers. The second tier is the big one. $5 a month has all of our exclusive content, exclusive podcast interviews, exclusive video interviews uncut with the celebrities from some of our favorite shows that we get a chance to, to talk to. Such a great time. We're going to be adding a lot to the Patreon very, very soon. Um, you can find us at Bingetown TV on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. It's all there. Guys, destiny is all. Destiny is brutal. Once again, we are Bingetown TV. Thank you so much for listening. Go Sixers. <laughs> fuck Ben Simmons. <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network.